Welcome to the Coworking Out Loud podcast, an exploration into storytelling, community, and the art of being human. This is episode 19 of the Coworking Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. This week I spoke with Garrett Tishy from Huga Coworking in Charlotte, North Carolina. My intention for this episode was to talk with Garrett about how the recent shootings in Charlotte affected the Huga community. We touched on that, and we got into so much more. Garrett is doing incredible work in his local community, and his open-heartedness and willingness to be real is truly inspiring. Let's dive in. Hey, Garrett, welcome to the Coworking Out Loud podcast. How's it going? I'm going, it's going well. Thanks for having me. Is it going well? Tell me what's, what's going on for you. And um, for people who aren't familiar with you, will you give us an overview of who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. And it's funny, as I say, I'm going well. I feel like I've already lied <laughs> to you about everything. <laughs> We're going to get into the good stuff here. <laughs> uh, as soon as I said, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm full of shit. Uh, <laughs> but all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, so uh, I'm the owner, co-founder, or now just sole founder, uh, owner of Huga Coworking. Uh, we're a now five-location coworking space in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we we just opened our newest and our biggest and and most unique uh, in that it has a public-facing coffee shop at the front. Um, you know, it's twenty thousand square feet. It's also going to have a three D printing lab and maker space on the on the back end of it. Um, so kind of a unique and cool way to kind of dabble with new people and new experiences. Uh, we've been, we're coming up on four years operating. So we've kind of um, that first year opened two, and then I've been on a consistent new location every year. Um, we're, we're, I think we're up to almost 700 people kind of in our ecosystem between all the teams, uh, which feels amazing. And uh, up next, we're working on, on more space. Naturally, um, you know, once we finish one, we start looking at what's next. Uh, and we've kind of gotten a taste in this latest one for building something from the ground up. So we're we're looking at a big warehouse, about 40,000 square feet. And then on top of that, looking at how do we, uh, who are we not speaking to? So we're, we, we're investigating childcare. Uh, it's a huge need in Charlotte and also a huge need for people building something. Uh, there's just a lack of access to it. And also, um, and we're going to talk about this today, I think wellness is a huge part of building a business. And uh, we're working uh, with a local organization to build a space that's about uh, helping people um, maybe take a little better care of themselves. So there's there's always a million things going on, but that's kind of the priority right now. So there are a couple things in there I want to dig into. Um, when you said you finish one and you start looking for what's next. So what's kind of the big picture here? So I remember when you opened your space and, and it was a big deal and now you have five and you have this empire going with coffee and all the things. So what is your kind of approach and, and big picture vision? Um, I wish I had a good answer to that. I'm, I'm pretty while it looks like we're growing really fast, I'm, I look at a lot of space. Um, I've probably looked at 50 buildings this year. Uh, we get calls every, every week. You know, now that once you open a second one, everyone, every real estate developer, especially in a city like Charlotte, that's just blowing up right now, um, wants a hookah. They want a co-working space. They see WeWork. WeWork's got all this money. We must, we must be just like WeWork. 
Um, so, so we get a lot of calls. Um, I'm getting pretty good at looking at at, at least space and and um, you know just deciding very quickly whether this one's good for us or not. Um, I don't really, uh, in terms of like growth plans and stuff like that, I'm I'm not really interested in building the same thing every time. Uh, office space is kind of the least interesting thing ever. It's rooms with doors and walls, and for me, like I'm my background's in marketing. I would like to find ways to bring uh, unique new people in. That's why when I think about wellness, while I think about childcare, we got a small fitness component that'll focus on new moms. Like these are all, I think once I hit a ceiling of not knowing who I'm missing from the community, um, that's where we'll kind of stagnate. But until then it's just, hey, we're missing photographers. Let's go build a photography studio. Uh, I didn't mention this, but we're working on kind of a co-warehousing model. So fulfillment brands, brands that shouldn't pay me a lot of money for rooms and doors. We have a warehouse that we're going to kind of outfit with cages and, and space to um, store product and also subsidize shipping costs for them. And that's just that's a response to people coming in going, can you help us with this? And me having to say no. And that's frustrating uh, because these people are amazing. And I'm just like, how do I get you? And the answer is we need to build space and help them grow. Um, but outside of that, there's there's no master plan. I, I finish one and I think about, all right, what makes sense for us next? Can we afford to do it? Um, naturally, like any business owner, I'd hope you want to make more money and do better financially um, on top of everything else. Money is important. So just making sure that Ultimately, we're in a healthy place because I don't have investment dollars. We have no debt. We've self-funded from the beginning. So I'm trying to make sure that we can kind of consist stay consistent with that and not overextend ourselves. So it's really interesting that your growth model is finding holes in the community and serving that, whether it's childcare or photography or warehousing or 3D printing and things like that. It seems like Huga as, I mean, it goes so far beyond co-working is what I'm hearing that Huga in Charlotte is kind of this entity where people and maybe specifically entrepreneurs and, and makers and things like that can get the, get access to the tools in the community they need. Is that, does that resonate with you? Yeah, that's, that's kind of exactly it. I think on top of the, 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 the business need that a lot of these people have on, I think no matter what industry you're in, um, especially as people start telecommuting more, starting businesses on their own, uh, people are, I don't know if community is the right word, but they're looking for people, um, even if it's just derived energy from kind of sharing that space. Um, you know, I've, I've always struggled with the, the community word. I think too many, you know, it'd be like us opening day one. It's like, join our community. And the answer is like, there isn't a community because there's nobody in your space. And until for me, it's, taken years to feel like we've built a community that sustains itself, that anybody can ask a question into our, our, our Huga fan Slack and get a genuine response and not go dark. You know, that's, that was always my thing. Like, can, if somebody asked a law question, if somebody asked an HR question, if somebody asked a photography design something, do we answer every question? Um, and, and we're slowly like really getting close to that where we're, there's something for everyone and we can support almost any industry. So kind of exciting. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And we have so much to talk about. When I first reached out to you, it was like, let's talk about the shooting that happened on April 30th. I want to talk about how that 
affected you, your experience, how it affected your co-working community, what that looked like um, in the larger community. But since we've been chatting since then, I've learned a lot more about you and you're going through some stuff now. I just want to open it up. Like, what do you feel like talking about? What feels relevant to you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I forgot about the shooting. <laughs> um, like that's how much is going on. And, and honestly, how the, the blows continue to, to kind of feel like they're coming in a way. Um, we, can, we can quickly kind of, um, we can dive really quick back into the, the shooting and then we can talk about uh, uh, separation, friends leaving and, and kind of where I'm at with all of that. And, and then I guess we can talk how that having what I have now and who has been my greatest asset through all of it. Um, yeah, the shooting thing was interesting for those that don't know. There was a, an active shooter. Uh, several people were shot and killed on the, the UNCC campus here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I just happened to be there judging a pitch competition. And um, there was a weird, for me, the weird thing about it was this, like, to be honest, sense of lack of, lack of a sense of urgency and what was really happening. Uh, we were, you know, shuffled upstairs into where the reception was going to happen. And they started serving food and drinks and, and everyone kind of just went on with their thing while the TVs in the room flashed with active shooter, take cover, all of this thing. And, and through all of that, we stood there for, I think, an hour and a half before people started to get impatient with having to be locked in. <laughs> There's this thing happening outside your doors. Nobody has any answers, but people are getting mad that they can't leave and go to their cars. You know, people are getting shot. Um, and I, I like kind of went through all that and, and was confused. And then the next day I kind of woke up with this like general, like, man, that's kind of fucked up. Like these, like, well, think about the, the way we take everything for granted. Um, you know, life, our, the people around us, the, our own well-being to, to really just really fascinatingly kind of mosey through that situation. And, you know, then when I come into, you know, we're, we're filled with UNC 49er grads, alumni, whatever you want to call them. And they, um, like the next day we start to realize like, do, do we have a responsibility to our members, to the community, to use the platform we have to talk about these things? Uh, and I wrote something very specifically about that experience and how it's frustrating and how um, we need to be better. And, um, and then kind of dedicated our whole week to, to really just talking about that. Uh, and finding ways to take action and give back. And then as we started to put these things into the world, you know, you, the, the cool thing is uh, people then feel safe to come out and talk about it. So I had a, we have a member that builds bulletproof doors. That is their literal business. And for her, she's also a 49er grad and used to teach there. And she comes to me and, and she's like, I need to talk to you. And I read what you wrote and I'm struggling because I, I want to respond, but I'm also this, like my job is to convince people to have this thing in their life. And, and I'm over here going, should I even be doing this anymore? Like, and uh, that was a weird week um, because she's one of many people that kind of came to the team as we, I gave Brittany and Alyssa and everyone a day to say whatever they want. Um, let's do it. Let's make it big and let's use our platform to express However we're feeling, I, I won't filter it. Um, I want Huga to be an expression of our team and our members. And I, I thought it was a particularly powerful week, um, but a week that kind of broke me a little bit and that that was just a little bit too close to home and, and 
you know, I'm trying to be strong and I'm watching members cry in front of me and I'm a pretty, pretty, pretty candidly, I like cry. Like that's just me. Um, that was tough. That was a brutal one. Um, but sadly, like, as you brought it up, I'm like, crap, that was like a month ago. And I've already kind of, I kind of moved on because there's always so much going on. Um, yeah. I think that's one of the most surreal things about this is like, you see what happens on the news and I take a moment. I'm like, uh, kind of, you know, soul punch of whatever happens to be going on. And then I'm like, okay, I've got these 10 deadlines I need to do. And I have to like shift out of that mindset. Right. And, um, I'm curious how you kind of balance that. Like you're not just running a space, you're running, a lot of things and there's a lot of shit happening for you. I'm curious how you kind of approach your own wellness around that. Yeah. And I, I it's funny that you asked this because I have a, a team full of people that would sacrifice their, the way they're feeling to make our members feel good. Um, I have spent a lot of years be, becoming okay with just saying what I'm feeling and being very transparent. And I, I find it to be pretty disarming for most people um, rather than being offensive or um, I just, I think that's important. And that's um, yeah. When I think, you know, Megan, for example, on my team, she's, she's our newest, but kind of a rock star and just member experience and all these things. And, and, she can tell she lives, breathes, and eats hospitality. Like it's it's her expertise. People love her, but I believe she would sacrifice her well-being to ensure that she would hold it all in and keep it all in to let somebody have their moment. Um, and I, I I find that I've been hopefully working with her to show like the weaker moments bring people together closer. And I, I think um, uh, holding that stuff inside has been uh, has been and can be pretty damaging for a person. And, and that's the way I used to be. And then I'm desperately trying to get to that point with my team, with the community. Like we all don't, I don't care if you're black, white, Democrat, Republican, you know, LGBT, you know, like whatever, like we, we should be a place where we can say and feel whatever we want and be respectful about it. And I believe that would make us a bigger, better community, especially through times like that. Um, you know, I'm, uh, we spend a lot of time just listening. I, I think that's the most important thing as well. And, and being an open door, we, we have a, a, it's kind of a running joke, but it's actually this, it feels like the therapy corner at one of our locations where members sit down and like, if somebody's in that chair, that means they're getting help. <laughs> um, and I laugh, but it's, it's like people look forward to it. And I, I'm, I feel special and honored that people, um, that talk about these things and, and, you know, I, I guess we can move on. Like right now, what's going on in my life? Like I'm separating from my wife and I've talked about that openly with some people. And that, that moment that I share this, like what to some is like this very personal thing and opens up this door to, Hey, this is wow. Like I'm, that sucks, but also here's what I'm going through with that. And I can relate to you and I understand what that's like, or I've been divorced and I had a child and we got through it. This is where we struggled. And um, yeah, it's wild what happens when you're just very transparent and open. I think the, um, the transparency, the openness, the authenticity, I, 
it's like, it's not a license to tell people to fuck off because that's what you're thinking, right? It's like, it's um, an opportunity to get really clean on your intention, your motivation. It's like, if you're so triggered, if I'm so triggered that my impulse is to scream and yell, it's like part of my practice of like, learning to be more authentic is checking out like, wow, why am I so triggered? Why am I so upset here? And um, that kind of living an open, authentic life, man, it's, it's not for the weak and it's a practice, you know, you kind of feel it and then you pop out of it and then you feel it and then you pop out of it. But uh, yeah, I think it, it, in the end, the, I would rather have real relationships and real connections than connections that are based on something that we're both kind of buying into an illusion. Yeah, there's, oh, I'll never forget. Um, I showed up one morning early and uh, one of my members uh, who runs a startup was sitting in her car for 20 minutes. And, um, you know, it was weird. It was she, it was I, her and I, she was the only one in the parking lot out front. And I saw her sitting in her car. She finally comes in, I open the door and she's very puffy eyed, but like composed and I'm, she's like, oh, how are you doing? And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm doing pretty, pretty, pretty terrible. And unloaded a little bit and she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I need to tell you what's going on. Like this like instant moment that like she, that, that could have gone one of two ways. That could have gone like, I'm good. And she's like, cool, me too. And she just goes to her office, holds everything in. Uh, and it, and it went the other way where I opened up just enough to make her feel comfortable. And, and to this day, she's one of my, of a near and dear friend of mine. She pays me on a monthly basis. She's a member, but it's someone that like I respect more than ever. And, and someone that I saw her today and, and, you know, little like peek in, open the door and she's like, you doing okay. And I'm like, not really. She's like me either. And it was like a weird, <laughs> Like, cool. <laughs> she's like, you not talk? alone. Yeah. And she's like, do you want to talk about it? I'm like, not really. She's like, me either. And we kind of like moved on. But a little bit, you know, I think back to like your, when you guys do check your mate, I, I think that is just such an interesting, important thing to know. Um, the subtle like, hey, you doing okay? And the answer being no doesn't, like, we don't need to go into this great uh, bigger picture conversation, but it's really nice to know that, um somebody is thinking about you and I, I, I try to practice that as much as I can um, you know and I think on the flip side the struggle with I and I see this with other co-working spaces and I've talked to spaces that struggle with this they want to treat their members like employees and and often as someone that's run a team like there's these boundaries but we have to set those and that they're HR issues and all that and for us as co-working spaces we actually have a nice luxury and that we like we set that standard you know obviously we don't you know, you have to draw some lines when you think about sexuality and things like that. Um, but I, I think there's a huge opportunity for us to, to kind of push the line a good bit and how we um, allow our community to interact. I think it's huge. Tell Why me more about that. that. Cause I want to hear more. Cause I hear like, for instance, around, um, like if someone's acting inappropriately in the space, like is it the community manager's job to say something? Is it that we need to educate members? This comes up a lot in like the, the Facebook groups and forums where things happen and space operators, especially new ones, are like, oh my God, I have no idea what to do. Yeah, so, so 
the cool thing is I've gotten to a place where I am just very comfortable being a hawk on bad behavior. You know, there's a difference between um, clearly inappropriate and um, pushing the line on on how how a community interacts. You know, we've we've lost members because of, of uh, inappropriate uh, behavior. Not not a ton. You know, I've been operating four years. I think I've removed three people from my space for one reason or another. Um, and most of it is offenses towards me and not other members, which is, is good. Uh, you know, we take a lot of things personally because we are such a human brand. Uh, I, you know, you're managing people and, and I've, from people putting coasters under their sweaty big gulps to, to talking inappropriately, to being loud in the space, to open sharing about the Friday night sexual experiences, to God, I've seen it all. And, and I'm not afraid to call people on that. And I, I think and encourage spaces, you know, it's funny, I get this question a lot too. So I spend a lot of time in, in the groups talking with people and people DM me and Slack and stuff from other spaces. And uh, it's a common one. And it, and it comes down to people just have to get comfortable telling people that they're doing it wrong. And I find that most people, it's funny is that the, the, you know, because we're a little more open, I think people are naturally going to reach as much as they can before. And then you say, hey, we really need to not do that. And they're just like, ah, I wasn't sure. And and they just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we've, we've kind of opened the door to this. So we, because of that, uh, we're also a lot more critical of it if we see it going in the wrong direction. Um, I'm not, I got nothing to lose. And I, I think we're also have a luxury in that we're a big space that makes good money. And I've gotten past the point of worrying about losing a member because they've done something wrong. You know, we're $124 for a flex membership. That's peanuts in the grand scheme of thing, things. So we, um, if someone's not a good fit and they go and they, like, I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not heartbroken over the dollars. I am heartbroken over the loss of a, a, a person. But if they didn't believe or understand that what they did was inappropriate, then, then that's okay. I'm okay seeing them go. Uh, but I, I think you got to own that. That's, that's a, it's a scary thing. And I, um, you know, we're six, 700 people and we don't have those issues. I think we do a good job of um, kind of explaining and, and showing how people should behave. So, Yeah, let's, let's dig into the HUGA community a little bit because something that I've experienced, we've talked about this, is there have been times in my life where my co-working community was literally keep me, keeping me afloat. Like there was a time where my family was just going through profound grief and I had no idea what to do except just keep showing up at my space and, you know, sometimes talking with people about it. Sometimes it was just being like, you know, having that sense of belonging or something, but I'd love to hear it. It looks from the outside. I haven't been to any Huga spaces yet, but um, mm -hmm. it looks from the outside that there is something very real and very cool happening there. Like six or 700 members, that's massive, right? Like some people have, yeah. I, uh, so yeah. I'd love to hear about the community there, even though it's um, the word you mentioned. It is, <laughs> it is tricky. People overuse community, like open a space to empty. Yeah. Say, it's a community I'm, space. Yeah, I, I still say to this day, I've been saying it since day one. Um, you know, I think space is not very interesting. I think it is a, you know, before I ever had a co-working space, before I really knew many people in Charlotte, I ran a, 
kind of a community effort called We Love CLT, which was about, uh, honestly, it was a selfish move to create something that brought people to me. Uh, I didn't know anybody and I wanted to make friends. And that, that exploded. It's probably the reason it, it was a catalyst for, for everything that I've done moving forward. And, and the focus of it was like, places are cool, you know, restaurants and places to hang out and all this, but they, they, they come and go. And, and you might be sad in the moment, but you will, um, you know, you'll find a new place, but there's something like terrible about, about losing a friend. You know, for me, um, like, as, as I said right in the beginning, my friend, um, my friend Liz uh, moved to, she left this morning to move to Austin. And for me, that is, I'll miss Liz today. I'll miss her. I'll miss her next week. I'll miss her next month in six months in a year. And um, I think there's something so incredibly important about focusing on humans, focusing on helping people feel more rooted um, because we, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, I am a hardcore extrovert that is slowly slipping back towards being an introvert, uh, which is funny as I grow this. Um, I, we all crave a little bit of human interaction on some level. Um, so if I can use and leverage Huga to, to help people feel that way, that's important. And, and when I say like, I love these people, um, I don't need to come to Huga every day. Uh, I don't need to surround myself with everyone. Um, you know, I've got a great team. The place is kind of just run. Uh, but I genuinely love these people. It's why if you look at our marketing and everything that we put into the world, is it's not about space. It's about these, these amazing people that fill it and show up every day and appreciate my obsession with yellow and <laughs> all this crazy stuff that we want to put into the world. Um, it is some of my best friends, my best friends walk through my door, Mike and Sean, who I'm building, you know, they're, are simple, the, the software side of, of co-working, my other job. Um, they were members that Mike lives literally next door to my first location. He pays to walk 100 feet to the right. And, um, we've become near and dear friends. I trust him implicitly. Uh, and he's still a member to this day. And he's my business partner. He's a co-founder of mine uh, with, with another company. Same with Sean. Uh, same thing. Co-founder lives next door. Um, you know, he he has an amazing place that he could work, but he finds kind of that same connection and um, uh, I guess community at at Huga. I'm you know going through what I'm going through now uh, with, with my wife and and all this. We're I've been very transparent with people. People can tell. And, and I think that's interesting when people can really get to the point where you start to read each other's moods and you're like, you don't look like you're doing good today. And, and you know, it might be tired eyes and you're just slightly off from the way you respond or, and it's been, it's been really neat. You know, I, I don't, you know, everyone's not my friend, but I, I believe that we all care on some level, whether you're a big company or, or a startup just like me. Um, you know, and I, I think there's there's something really neat and I encourage most spaces to kind of look for this when you bring in a member for the first time and you get the opportunity to have that kind of proud parent moment where you see, you know, Shalina, for example, she's a new member and she sits down at a communal table and makes a friend with Jessica and you're just like, we facilitated this and it's like, you just want to sit back and be like, oh, look what we did. And, and knowing that Jessica just moved here two weeks ago and Shalina is going through a divorce and all this craziness and they 
because of a table and a space uh, that we created, these people um, find a little bit of, of comfort in that. Uh, that that like breaks me a little bit. Like I could, um, you know, I could lose it. Emily Haynes, uh, she's a member. Uh, she, man, this one lost. This is where I lost it. It's the first time I ever lost it in front of a member. Um, she, uh, she's a she travels to Germany every like six months. She does taxes for German expats, and um, she would so she would have a membership, and then she'd be like, "Hey, I'm leaving," and then she'd be back. And um, this one of this last time she left, right before the day before, she comes to me and she goes. Hey, I, I wanted to let you know that this is my last trip to Germany and I'm finally going to move to Charlotte. And I wanted to let you know it's because, um, because of Hugo, because I made friends here and I've never felt like it was home. Um, uh, man, that one, like, it's the first time that, uh, like, she broke me. Like, I'm, take like now times like 10 I just wasn't ready to handle it <laughs> um oh she got me so bad I was not ready for that she like I thought she was gonna yell at me or something <laughs> oh. oh like I did something wrong and she just like gushed about it and I just like bawled like a little child oh um I love these people and I'm I feel very grateful to have a a community of people that pay me <laughs> it's a cool job um but that they find something powerful um i think we have something really neat to leverage you know i believe in helping people at their lowest you know i i you know just as i'm you know i think about what i'm going through right now uh, think about people losing their jobs or struggling to run their business you know we comp a lot of memberships for people while they're going through through low times and i know some spaces would freak out to hear that because you know the bottom line is tough it's tight margins are are thin um but i think like right now think about like i have the luxury of i don't have to pay to be here i get to just show up and absorb all of these people energy if i really want it and and we've worked we have people going on maternity leave that we're going to hold their office we have people that have lost their jobs that we comp their membership till they're willing to pay us again um because this space if we can play a small role in um, helping them get back on their feet, just like they're doing it for me, um, that's pretty cool. You know, right now we're like sitting in the, in this moment, we're sitting in the fire of the something more of co-working. And it's hard to explain it to people. It's hard to put your finger on it. It's hard to give words to it sometimes but man when you feel it it just lights you up like there's something here that happens that's so much deeper than providing people a place to work right and that that kind of curve i remember when i you start as a new member years ago at next space like six or whatever years ago you come in as a new member don't know anyone i would just kind of be heads down and and do my work maybe chat a little bit but one day, like a month or two 
into my membership. I walked up the stairs and Jeremy was like across the room and he goes, hey, cat. He like hollowed out, hollered out really loud. And then somebody else goes, hey, cat. And then like three or four people all started chiming and it became totally a thing. Dude, it gives me chills thinking about it now, like six years later in that moment, I was like, oh my God, what is this thing? Like that was, I feel like that was the moment where I was like, this is my place. These are my people. Holy shit. What is this? Yeah, it's, it's a, I, I still get it every day and I hope I never lose it. Um, every day that I get to walk through here, you know, I've been to three locations of the five today and, and there's people that I don't know that I get to say hi to and, and for the first time, because I have an amazing team that, you know, they, I guess they often love to tell me that, that they love Huga and, and, and it's cool. Like I, I, that general sense of, especially that first time, like I, what you just described, it's, it's wild once you realize just how, how powerful, that kind of thing could be and, and sadly and I, i'm glad we're talking about this because i i meet a lot of spaces that that are understaffed under resourced and and are, are struggling to uh, make ends meet and i think it, it gets to a point where it's really hard to focus on the community when your business is the priority um it's, and i don't i don't take for granted that we're we're doing as well as we we can do right now or, or or as well as we are doing right now. But damn, if you can get to that point and you can look beyond the dollars and cents and like really, really take in what's happening in your space, it is, it is unbelievably cool. Uh, uh, it should bring you to tears. Uh, I, I believe that. And I, I'm, a, I'm not saying you have to have that kind of passion for what you're doing, but I believe it absolutely takes that kind of passion to do this kind of work. We are not real estate business. We are a hospitality business. And I will, like, I will, I will say that over and over and over until people get it. We, people need help, whether they say it or not. I'm comfortable telling you I'm not well, but most people are not. And they will grin and bear it, and then they will cancel, and you will never know why. Um, and it's usually because they didn't make a connection. Yeah, the, I spent a year in a space that I did not make a connection, and it was brutal. Um, really not a year because I just stopped going. <laughs> I yeah. want to get tactical for a second because something you said, so you've scaled to five spaces. You mentioned that you don't necessarily know all of the members at this point. So how have you kind of transferred this ethos that runs through the Huga brand to your team, your other space managers, so that when people are in a space who you've never met and they don't know you, they haven't seen and experienced yeah. your passion, but they still get that, that family thing. Yeah, so I don't believe in putting job apps into the world and, and or job listings and, and sitting down and trying to understand somebody. I lied on my first in my first interview for my first job to get my job uh, on a, about a pretty critical thing. Uh, it was an <laughs> SEO agency, and I said I did SEO, but I Googled SEO right before that interview. Um, I am a big fan of seeking people out. Uh, Brittany is someone that I knew prior to, and, and I... I loved everything that I saw about her and the way she approached things and everything she was doing in her current job and thought, let's sit down and, and talk. And there's no formal process. We had coffee and I explained like everything that I'm doing and she was like, wow, this is amazing. I was like, do you want to be a part of this? And her response to me was, oh, hell yeah. And then that was it. There's no like, 
here's your offer. Let's do this thing. You know, Megan was the same person. I thought, I think she really thought we were going to run her through the ringer. And she met with Brittany and I, because I wanted Brittany to kind of do this. And I had already known Megan a little bit and, and I love her energy and, and said, hey, just, just meet with Megan. Go have a coffee. Talk to her. Doesn't have to be about Huga. And she came out at me and like, holy crap, she is unbelievably uh, full of life. And I was like, cool, let's just make an offer. And Alyssa was who does most of my marketing now and, and kind of running that whole show. So I don't have to post things on Instagram anymore. Uh, was a member prior to and at the West Charlotte location, she she under she was uh, and lived in that that and they essentially created the culture over there as a member. So when I saw an opportunity to basically like you're kind of sitting in the space all the time anyway, do you want to help us out part time? And she did, and now she's full time with me. Um, she runs all marketing. She's also overseeing the whole location. Um, she she embodies the space better than anybody because she lived in that space as a member. She knows what it takes. Um, my next hire, I meet with him on Monday. I know I'm going to get him. And and <laughs> he he uh, he had a a rough day. I ran into him at the new coffee shop, and then he was having a rough day at his other job. And I sent him a text later that day, and I just I literally wrote, "Hey Henry, gut check. How's this sound? Henry joins the Huga team." Uh, question mark any response uh, I'd be super honored let's have a conversation and and that's all I want like I want excitement like this this is not a traditional job we're not eight to five we're uh, we need like if you if the answer is like yeah let me think about it cool I'll find somebody else that is really excited to work for me with me uh, my, my my team is my friend like I don't I'm not a traditional boss like I don't want to be like, I just want people to do their job. Like, if you see me yell, something's seriously wrong. Um, and uh, I think I'm, I think if we can keep going that route where I, I see people in their natural world being kind, like Henry, who, who isn't on the team, and I, I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, and if we ever get him uh, after that conversation, like, I look at the way he acts in the Charlotte community, I'm like, we would be lucky to have him on the team. So how do we get Henry to join the team? And that's, that's how I've always approached it. These people are living it already. I'm not going to teach them to be at Huga. They're going to just be themselves. Uh, you know, I see these job listings that come out for co-working spaces, you know, asking for all these skills and this, and it's just like, do you like people? Question mark should be the question. And the answer is yes, then we can figure everything else out. Um, and that's, that's just where I'm at. Yeah. I don't teach these people to be human. Like it's, you can't train it. Um, I worked 10 years in retail and you can't train somebody to talk to people. Garrett, this has been such a pleasure before we jump off. Um, what have we missed? I feel like I want to make sure uh, we talk about anything you want to talk about. We can talk about everything. There's so much I'm, I don't know. I, I, and I, I think I, God, I, I put this out in the world once before and it resulted in a lot of emails. <laughs> um, there's so much to talk about. I'm, I'm an open book. I'm, I would, um, you know, if you're a space and you're struggling and I'm around, I love talking about this stuff. I have nothing to hide. Um, I run, small community just like you do with your co-working content alliance and everything like much like I don't 
I'm not always like as interactive in there, but I love watching people interact and I, I try to jump in when it's something that I can really help people with, uh, but I'm around. Um, I'm sure you'll post my information somewhere, but find me, seek me out. I'm here to talk. I got nothing better to do but hang out with people and, and make them feel good. So if you want, need a little of that, um, I'm here. Uh, I get it too. It's not easy. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's, I don't know, we could go everywhere. <laughs> I love this, Garrett. Um, so I'll put everything in the show notes. And is there any place you want to send people from here if they're not at the show notes, just a, a place to find you, contact you, reach you, learn more about Huga, yeah. whatever? Um, Garrett Tishy on all social media platforms. Uh, Twitter's probably the best place to get me because Instagram's just where I post pictures of my daughter. Um, and then Huga, spelled H-Y-G-G-E, uh, could not be more confusing to people, but we um, just search us Huga co-working and, and you can get me through there as well. So I'm around. I'd love to meet any and everyone. We're going to have to do a whole episode on the name. Like we didn't even dig into that. Cause I'm like, there's so uh, much there. Last time we talked about it, it was like a 20 minute conversation. That's for yeah, good, round two. Good. Oh man. I, it's, uh, yeah, sounds good. We'll get to that at some point. Oh, Garrett, thank you so much for the chat. I, you don't know how much I appreciate your openness and, and willing to be vulnerable. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Coworking Out Loud podcast. I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. You can reach me through my website, katjohnson.co. If you like what we're doing here, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, and give us some stars through your favorite podcast app. Thanks. Talk to you soon.